Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Thank you guys for having me out. As uh, Pastor Anderson mentioned, my name is Pastor Todd Niebling. I come to you from the Antelope Valley, the high desert, um, a wee bit of a drive from here. And just to let you guys know, and this will be hilarious later, all of you stand in the back, the front row is wide open, right? And the sermon's over first, right? Okay. They'll get there. It'll be hilarious later. Don't worry. All right. I wanted to tell, start off by telling you guys a story. Recently, I was uh, getting ready to have a meeting with another pastor uh, in the area, and uh, we decided to meet at Starbucks. Uh, we hadn't really met each other all that much, and we we're getting to know each other and talking about a ministry that we were going to do together. And I had a little bit of time beforehand, so my wife and my 18-month-old decided to, to come and hang out, grab some coffee, and, and we would just have a little bit of time together. So we sat there, we got a table, we drank, we had coffee, had a good time, and then she had to get up and go and go somewhere else. So I've started to pull out some work and set it down on the table. And as I start setting it out on the table, somebody sits right across from me. He sits down rather angrily, and he starts putting his stuff down. And I said, oh, hey, buddy, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm meeting somebody here in just a few minutes. I'm still using this table. And he looked at me, and he said, tough. <laughs> What? So I said, no, I, I'm, I'm still going to be sitting here, and the guy I'm meeting will be sitting r right there. I'm still using this table. I said, do you mind finding another seat at one of the many other tables here? And he said, yeah, I do mind. And then it got weird. And we started going back and forth, and he started yelling at me, saying, I'm not allowed to save seats. I, I, I'm in the middle of using it. I'm not saving anything. But anyways, we go back and forth with it a little while, and he starts yelling at me, and, and I'm just absolutely puzzled at what in the world is going on. And then all of a sudden, he reaches in his wallet, and he pulls out a card, and he shows it to me. And he says, Do you, can you see that? Can you see that? I said, Yes. What am I looking at? He says, that says veteran. Learn some respect. And then I tried to take this whole angle about manners, and, and he just went right past him. And then I tried this whole thing about how, you know, respect doesn't mean that you get to be a bully, and things like that, again, went right past him. And so, it, and meanwhile, the entire coffee shop has turned around, and they're staring at us, and I'm like, what... I still have no idea what's going on. And then I finally say, you know what? If your anger is worth this chair, go ahead. I'll find somewhere else. Now, that makes me sound like a really loving guy, but I'll be honest. I had to walk out because I was upset. I was upset, and I had to meet somebody there in just a few minutes. So I walked my wife and my child outside, put them in the car, and I start to cool down a little bit. And then I end up running into somebody who was sitting next to us as they were leaving Starbucks. And they looked at me like, what in the world happened? And I said, I have no idea what just happened. And they said, after you left, he turned around and yelled at us. <laughs> I'm like, man, and I have to go back inside because I'm still meeting somebody there. So I go back inside and find a different table. And I sit down and I pray. 
had the meeting with the pastor, went fine. But it took me a while during the day to forgive that guy and to get over it and to move on. But God finally showed me something later on that day. And he taught me that I am no different than that man. I'm absolutely no different than who he is. And today I will contend that you are not any different either. And you might say, oh, no, 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 I'm polite, I'm not rude, I'm not combative, I don't care where I sit. In fact, when I go to class, I sit way deep in the back so that everybody else can have the best seats. But that's not the point. The point is, is that each and every one of us are looking for the best seats, and we're pushing hard and demanding them each and every day of our lives. I want to take a look at the Word of God in order to help us out a little bit today, and I want to start um, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20, and in this story, we're going to start with this first chunk here. Start at verse 17. If you have your Bible, pull it out, pull it up on your phone, scroll there, and get to Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside. And on the way, he said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. It's good news, right? It's amazing news. This is the best news that you could hear all day. You may get a good grade later, but this is still the best news that you could ever hear. You are forgiven. It is yours. The kingdom of God is yours. God's love is yours. Jesus has paid the full price of your failures, of your sin, of your brokenness, and your hurts. And he has conquered death. He is victorious. This is good news. He tells this to the 12 disciples. And then all of a sudden, things start to change. Someone enters into our scene. Verse 20. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, this is James and John, came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, Say that those two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant, but it's for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. James and John brought their mommy on a job interview, didn't they? This is a little, like, advice for you when you guys graduate. Don't bring your mommy on a job interview, all right? It's not cool. No one's going to hire you. But she pleads. She says, when you come into your kingdom, she has no idea what this means. 
She really does not. She, like, maybe Jesus is going to be king. Maybe he's going to rise to power. They don't have the cross. They don't have the resurrection quite yet. But she sees that Jesus is great and that maybe he will become king. And she wants her boys to have prominent positions in the kingdom. They, she wants her boys, and these guys want it too. They want to have power, prestige, honor, and they want to be respected and loved and be able to have greatness here in this world. This is where their minds went. Jesus just told them that he is going to die and rise from the grave. And this is where they went. And we do that too. We do the exact same thing. We are James and John. We are their mom. We are the guy in Starbucks. And each and every one of us is fighting for the best seat in this world. Each and every one of us. We're fighting for the best position. We're fighting for the most honor. We're fighting for the most prestige here in this world. Now, I don't know why you guys have come here today. Some of you, um, you, you love who God is. You see that Christ has come and changed you, and you want to grow in your faith and in your walk with him. Others of you have to be here. Others of you were asked to be, be here, and you're not so sure about God, about Christ, about um, all this forgiveness stuff and this cross thing that this guy up here is talking about. But let me tell you, no matter where you are at in your faith this day, there is one thing that draws us all together. And that is each and every one of us is guilty of fighting for those good seats and we're exhausted. We're absolutely exhausted. We're done. We're through. We're fighting for the good seats. And we're living a life, we're working so hard to be the smartest to be the best looking, to be the most fashionable, to be the funniest, to be the most impressive, to be um, the one who has the best grade in the class, to be the one who gets the best job after, after graduation, and to be the one who has the most power and posture in your sphere of influence. We're all working so hard day after day after day for that. We're fighting for the seats of honor in this world, and we're losing traction. You might say, I'm getting pressure from my parents to do this. I'm getting pressure from my professors to accomplish and to do more. I'm getting pressure from my bosses at work. I'm getting pressure from my family and my friends. And I'm getting pressure from myself. I'm working so hard to be the student that I need to be. I'm working so hard to be the athlete that I need to be. I'm working so hard to be the employee that I need to be and the son and daughter that I need to be and the friend that I need to be and the boyfriend, the girlfriend that I need to be and I'm starting to lose traction because I'm a failure. Because there's something else that unites us all here today. Each and every one of us is a failure. And you can try and put on the best smile you can. You can try and laugh it off and try to hide it. But you and I both know that we're all failures. You're worried that you're not going to get good enough grades. You're worried that you're not going to get the starting position on the team. You're worried that you're not going to get that person to like you back. You're worried about all the pressures that are going to come in a year after you graduate or in a few years down the road. And you're starting to see that maybe you just can't handle it. We're exhausted if we're totally honest with ourselves. 
and we fight. We fight because we know the only way that we're going to get ahead, the only way that we're going to get through is to work harder and harder and smarter and better and maybe even craftier in order to get it done. So if you're exhausted of fighting for the good seats and you don't know how you can keep up, Christ has a a word for you. We back up in Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 28. If you have your own Bible, highlight this. Come back to this every single night. Come back to this every single day. Tattoo it backwards across your forehead so that you can read it in the mirror. No, don't do that. You'll look weird. Everybody think you're weird. But you know what? Like have it like written down somewhere. Jesus says this, come to me. Not go to Concordia. Not go to school. Not go to work. Not go to your family. Not go to your own self. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden. Anyone who's feeling pressure right now? Anyone who's feeling burdened right now? You have a test coming up? You have a paper project coming up? You have a tough conversation that you need to have with a friend? You need to present your career and your report card to your family? Jesus has come to me. And I will give you rest. Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus frees us from our sin. He frees us from needing this world. He frees us from the pressures that surround us. He frees us from our failures. You are no longer identified by your failures and your sins. God looks upon you and does not place that label upon you of the sin and the past that you worry will come back at you. Instead, he looks upon you in your state and he says, come, I'll give you rest. I've got this. I'm forgiving you. I'm giving you a fresh start. Because Jesus came to be a servant to you. He came to be a servant to me. He came to be a servant to all. This is why he is great. This is why we worship him. This is why he is the almighty God. He has come and laid down his life for your sake and then conquered our brokenness, our last chair, backseat sort of life. He has conquered it and he has given us not a great chair. He's given us a room to live with he and his father and the Holy Spirit for all eternity. This is your free gift. You no longer have to pursue the best seat because eternal life with the almighty living God has been given to you through the work of Jesus. Would you please pray with me?